Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Uh, I think everybody should get you a piece of paper and just write out all of your accomplishments. Because when I hear him talk about me, I'm like, man, did I really do all that? <laughs> is, is that really me? I get excited just hearing him say what all we've done. <laughs> Amen. It'll help you. You know, the Bible does tell us to uh, reminisce over previous victories. It does. You know why? To build our faith for future ones. If we think about the little bitty things that he did, it'll help us when we get to the big things. Amen. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you all about this. This has, don't take this off my preaching time. Uh, when Levi was, he turned one year old in November and December the 7th, we had a bunch of people over at our house and we had a um, niece that was there. She was about 10 or 11 years old and she was toting him around on her hip and we had a swimming pool out in our backyard, but we had the lock up so the little kids couldn't reach it, but she could. And uh, she took him outside and put him, left him out by the pool. We don't know why. Didn't ever even ask her. Didn't want her to feel bad about anything. So um, didn't want to put no pressure on her, you know. <clears throat> and uh, our, we, we, around the back of the pool was a wood fence. And Ricky and our youth pastor and the kids were back there doing something, looking at a car or something, wasn't you? A tractor. A tractor. And I was in the living room with my mother and uh, youth pastor's wife, and we were sitting in there talking, and all of a sudden, I heard, Pastor! And then again, Pastor! And it was like a blood-curdling scream. And me sitting there on that couch, I jumped up, and the first thing out of my, while I was running to that sound, I said, devil, you cannot have my baby. Our spirit man is alive unto God. And if we will pay attention to those little things like that, they can make a major difference in a situation. Of course, when, when I got out there, uh, the youth pastor had got in the pool. He got Levi out. Levi was... Uh, floating face down, his arms and legs were down, and his back was kind of humped like this. And number one, they said that's very unusual. It was in December, so the pool hadn't been cleaned or nothing. It was dark green water. Um, they said that was pretty unusual because usually when they drown, they'll go to the bottom. And so he got him out and he laid him on the pool. You know, he's one year old. He's not very big. He laid him right beside the pool, and uh, his wife knew CPR, so she started doing CPR. And all of our other kids was there. If you want to know how, how good your kids pray, listen to them in a situation like that, because all the rest of our kids was praying in the Holy Ghost. They, everybody was making an effort, you know, doing what they knew to do. And uh, when I looked at... Uh, 
Levi laying there, he had a glazed look in his eyes. You know, it's like you're looking at it, but there's nobody there. And so uh, ambulance got there, got him, took him to the hospital. We went to the hospital and uh, the doctor came in <clears throat> and he told us, he said, you don't want him back. He said he probably won't be coherent about anything. He'll, he'll probably be a vegetable the rest of his life. You, and he, he had, they had done x-rays of his lungs and everything. And he said uh, his lungs are full of water and it's that green water. And, you know, he's telling us all the bad things that we should be expecting. And after he got done and left the room, I leaned over in Levi's ear and I said, you will live and you will not die. Amen. So we just sat there for, I don't know how long it was, two or three hours, no change, nothing happened, nothing going on. <clears throat> and all of a sudden his eyes popped open and he sat up in the bed and he said, I want French fries. <laughs> And I don't know if any of you have ever heard him preach, but he is a preaching machine. He is anointed of God. He's not a carrot or a potato. He's not a vegetable. <laughs> he has all of his functions. He's got two kids, a wonderful wife. They, he's one fills in at the church when we're not there. But my purpose for this story is don't ever take somebody's word over the word of God. I don't care how many degrees. I don't care how many PhDs, what, what they got after their name. I don't care what's after their name. It's all subject to change when God is involved. Amen. He's a good God. He loves us, yes. and He takes care of us. Yes. Amen? Yes. Amen. All right. Whew. God wants us to be in this world, but He don't want us to be of it, does He? Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 19. Uh, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Remember that. That's very important, where your treasure is. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And we understand mammon is money right there, correct? Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor for your body, what you shall put on. 
it is not the life more than meat, is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much more than them? Living in the kingdom of God is these two verses, 25 and 26 right here. Living in the kingdom of God is the plan that God had for our lives. It's, the, it's God's way of doing things. Up in verse 9, it tells us to, and Matthew around here on uh, 9, Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. Yes, amen. He wants what's taking place on earth to be the same that is what's taking place in heaven. Yeah. Amen. On earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. In the beginning, he created everything like it was in heaven. The Garden of Eden was perfect, right? Everything in it was good, except one thing they couldn't touch. His plan was for earth to be like heaven, but through Adam's sin, earth was corrupted. And we have to live in that corrupted earth now. If it was like the Garden of Eden, wouldn't it be wonderful? We wouldn't have to fight no battles. We wouldn't have to. But you see, the kingdom of heaven is what we should be living in. Even though we're living on earth, we don't have to live like the earth is. Corrupted. Even though it was, it, even though Adam sold it out, we Jesus came and gave us a way out. Yes. I'm going to read verse 30 through 33, uh, Matthew 6. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall it not be much more? Shall he? Not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. After all these things do the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles are the ones that are not born again. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. righteousness. Now, what did Jesus tell us when he came to earth and then left? He, when he came to earth, he came here to make us righteous. So once we get born again, we do take on his righteousness, right? It's not how good we are. It's not that we never did anything wrong. But we are righteous because of what he did for us. And all these things shall be added unto you. 
all these things shall be added unto you. If he, he set up the perfect plan for us. And he wanted us to live in that perfect plan. Something happened. So he came back and that made another way. The first way was the perfect way. But we was man, we're mankind. So in order for us to still be able to participate and have everything that he's created for us, he made another way. Now, how many of you did do your kids that way sometimes? Um, you know, we'll give them a chore and say, if you don't get this chore done, you're not going to get to go play outside. And then... Um, they don't get it done just because they've been messing around or something. So we say, you know, we get to feeling bad for them, don't we, as parents <laughs> sometimes. Okay, well, if you'll just pick up half of that room, you can go outside and play. We come back and try to give them another chance for them to get what they're wanting. That's what God did for us. He came back. He's like, I knew they wasn't going to be able to make it. <laughs> I knew, I knew, I got to make a better way for them. I got to make a better way for them so they'll have a better chance to live in what I promised them. Because we, according to how we were raised, according to the environment we were in, according to where we went to school, what we were taught, is how we are going to think. And so like Reverend Ricky was saying other night, you know, he says he was raised poor. Here we go. He, your mom and daddy always had a new car. Every picture I've seen of her, his sisters and his mom Always had their hair done, always very nice. New dresses for church pictures and everything. And um, had, how many, how many acres did y'all farm? <laughs> no, how many? About a thousand acres, they farmed a thousand acres. But they was poor. Did, did you already have a bathroom in your house? <laughs> did you always have a bathroom in your house? Yes. All you can remember, you had a bathroom. How old was you when y'all had a TV? Whenever they come out, they got a TV. Okay. It was black and white because that's all they made. <laughs> but they was raised poor. Now, we was raised poor. We had a garden about the size of this room. Size of this room, that's what we always ate from. 
My daddy always hunted. We had deer meat, hog meat, squirrels, rabbits, doves, whatever, whatever was edible that you could kill in the wild, we ate that. Um, and all of my school pictures, never once did I have a real hairdo. I had my bangs cut like this because my mama was trying to cut them before the picture. So they was always kind of <laughs> sideways looking. Um, I always had hand-me-downs. I, I don't remember getting new clothes until I was 12 years old. And I got a babysitting job during the summer and I bought my own school clothes that year. We did not have a bathroom in the house until I was about 12 or 13. Our neighbor was about a mile and a half away and they had a TV. So on Friday and Saturday evenings, we would walk to their house <laughs> and go watch Hee Haw <laughs> or the Grand Ole Opry. And then we would have to walk home in the dark down a dirt road with trees and wild animals everywhere. And, and um, we had one vehicle. Um, I, it was usually an older pickup. My daddy had to, uh, he worked in Beaumont, which was a long way away. But on our dirt road, he would go out to the main road and catch a ride with somebody else to where he went to work. So we only had one vehicle. So he would leave that at the end of the road. If my mama wanted to go anywhere during the daytime, she would have to walk out there, get it, go do what she needed to do, come back. Well, if she bought groceries or something, she would have to take them to the house, take the truck back and leave it for my daddy to get home. Um, let me see, what else? <laughs> there's more, there's lots more. <laughs> but his idea of poor and my idea of poor is two totally different things. Because of the environment, the way we were raised, um, that's what impacts our thought life as we grow up to be adults. And if we haven't been in church and heard any of the Word of God, all we have heard is like the news or what people are saying around us all our life, how bad it is, how terrible things are, how um, we just barely going to make it, then that comes into play in our life throughout the time we're on this earth. So when we start hearing, and, and my mentality was when I would hear these things from the Bible about kingdom living, living, living in the kingdom of God, um, I'm like, that just sounds too good to be true. You know, it, it, just, it just sounded like it was more than I could put my mind on at that time because I had been so programmed to think... I didn't expect anything more than what I had. I didn't expect anything more 
than what I had been seeing my whole life. I didn't have any expectations above that. So therefore, I didn't try to go and get more or try to go after more. And so when I would hear that, you know, and I've been guilty of it, going to church and hearing all this stuff about you don't have to be in debt and you don't have, and I'd be like, you know, that, that might work for them, but I don't, I just don't know, you know. I've never seen it in my life, so I can't comprehend how they're thinking or how they're acting. And uh, so we had been in church probably. I was raised a Southern Baptist. He was raised Assembly of God. We started going to Assembly of God when we got married. And I, I think they had a little better perspective of finances than we did. And so I started, it was just the littlest things that I would start listening to or even meditating on, like Philippians 4.19, you know, little scriptures like that. And then, and then I'd take it and put it on the refrigerator and I would take it and put it on my cabinets, have it in the bathroom. So, and when I started seeing it and reading it and letting it get in and then I would go hear a sermon along the same lines it didn't seem so impossible to me anymore so I was growing at a slow rate but I was growing and then um, we started listening to Kenneth Copeland I know there's a lot of Kenneth Copeland haters out there but he is a man of God God has blessed and prospered him, and I have learned so much from him and Miss Gloria. Uh, listening, listening to them talk about things or, or, you know, just how they look at life or how they look at things and gradually, gradually letting that stuff get in me. Well, one day, I'm thinking, we don't have to live from paycheck to paycheck. And guess what? It wasn't too terribly long after that. We wasn't living from paycheck to paycheck. Um, I remember uh, when our kids was uh, um, all teenagers, about 10 to 15 or 16. I remember, see, my mama, my daddy would give her either 20 or $40 a week to buy groceries on. And there was like eight of us kids. Of course, it was back then when you could get a lot more for your money. But it'd be like having a house full of 10 people now and giving them $100 and say, go buy groceries for a week. <laughs> that, that'll make you one day now, right? But when, when we started getting a little bit, when I started getting it in my mind that we could, we could do better, we don't have to live this way, well... We started on Sundays, we'd go out after church to eat. And at first, because we never went out to eat when I was a kid. I know Ricky did. (laughs) 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 
but we never went out to eat when I was a when I was a kid growing up. But when we got our kids up to a certain age, and we on Sundays we'd go out to eat, it got to be, um, well, you know, you go you find all the places where kids eat free, you know, yeah. under a certain age, or where you can get the biggest meal for the. And I remember during that time in my life uh, thinking this is really good. <laughs> you know, we, we're going out to eat and, and all of our kids are going with us. And, you know, we didn't leave. I knew some people that left their kids at home and would go out to eat. <laughs> but they, would, they wouldn't take their kids, but they would go. But we took our kids with us and having a whole game. And I'm like, this is pretty good. This is, we can do this, you know. And just little things like that that you don't think make a impression on you or a kid in your lifetime, you'll be looking back and you'll be judging your life from that perspective. And so when we, you know, things, we started getting new cars. We used to always buy secondhand cars, right? And then we we got up to where we could buy a brand new car. And then we got up to where we could have two brand new cars. And then we got up to where our bills were all paid and we had money in the bank. <laughs> and looking back now, I, I was thinking, why did, we, why did I fight going from paycheck to paycheck to heaven? Why would I even think that that wasn't something that God wanted for us? Amen. It was because... I didn't know what he had provided for his kingdom kids. I had never read or studied the word enough to know what he had promised in there for me. So therefore, I didn't even have anything to look back and say, that's what I can have. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, going to church is not seeking the kingdom of God. Going to church is not. Seeking the kingdom of God is getting up in the morning and saying, Lord, what's your plan for me today? What what would you have me do today? Now, if you've got a job, you don't have to get up and ask God every morning if you're (laughs) supposed to go to work. (laughs) You know he's provided you a job already, right? So you got to be faithful to what he's already provided for you. Amen. So we don't have to pray about that. But what route do you want me to take to work this morning? Is, is there somebody I need to bless? Is there somebody I need to talk to? That's seeking what he wants. Even on a work day, he can still guide you down a path that will help somebody else. So seeking his kingdom, what does he want his kingdom kids to do? Well, he wants us to build the kingdom bigger. How do we do that? By telling people about his word. And if they're not at the point to where they can receive all of it yet, don't try to preach the whole Bible to them in 10 minutes. All you might need to do is say, the Lord told me to give you this $20 bill and that he loves you. 
Do you know how much of an impression that would make on somebody? If they were in a bind and the Lord sent you by their path to help them out? That might give them a new perspective about the kingdom of God, about kingdom kids. Amen? So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But there are some things that we have to do to keep ourselves in right standing, right? We we can't act like the heathen. Amen. And, And I'm not being mean or facetious by saying that. The heathen is just somebody that don't serve God, don't... They ain't made up their mind yet, usually. And it takes a, a Christian to help them. Whether it's a bad Christian or a good Christian. I mean, there are both. There are both. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Verse 34 in the New Living, well, I'll read 33 too. Seek ye the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Everything you need. (laughs) So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Don't start trying to figure out what you're going to do tomorrow. Just work on today. Amen. I'm going to read the Lord's Prayer again. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forget not our debts as we, for, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the what? The kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So it's in his kingdom that we can live according to how things are in heaven. Is that, is that what he's trying to say? If, if we're living in his kingdom, if, we, if we're kingdom minded, then we're going to be thinking about the heavenly things. Not the things that are going to drag us down, not the things that are going to work us, work our nerves, work our worry us. The things, that's not the things that we're going to be thinking on. We're going to be thinking on the things that are going to help us, that are going to cause us to rise up. Amen? If Adam had to live different because of his disobedience, shouldn't we have to, too? We have to live different when we get born again. We have to make a difference in what we see, what we expect. And the only way we can do that is by following what his plan is for us. In um, 
once you come into the kingdom and begin to live there, you are living in another realm of understanding. Yes. Another level of victory. Yeah. Amen. Prosperity. Yeah. Joy. Yeah. Power. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. And promotion. So now we're talking about living what? What I was, before I got born again, I was right here, you know, just kind of, I was alive. I say it that way. But once I got born again, I'm living. Things is different. So we're talking about living on a higher plane. You know, the, the kingdom of God is more real than any circumstance you face today. Amen. It is. It's more real. I don't care if you can feel the devil breathing down your neck, the power of God is more real than that. We got to train our, ourselves to know what address the voices are coming from. Amen. We're living in this world, but we're not of it. God becomes your source and your supply. He will meet every need you have. When we get in God's kingdom, we start, or we should start, living from another realm. Amen. From not the place of, what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do? But to the place of, who, who, do I, who you want me to bless today, Lord? Amen. What you want me to do today? How, how do you want me to use this or that that he's given us? Amen? Amen. Because we, the things that we have... How many of you realize they're usually not just for you? We're blessed to be a blessing. And how many of you have ever tried to outgive God? It don't work. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. Did y'all, um, I can't remember which motel owner it was, but um, he started out giving like 20% of his uh, total income to the house of God. Do you remember who it was, hon? Laterna. He started giving, how much was it? Uh, 20%. Then he went up to 50 he, gave, he ended up, at the end of his life, giving 90% of his income and living on 10%. And he lived way better than any of us in here on 10%. So you cannot outgive God. You cannot. He will always, always, always do more than we think. You know, realize when God is speaking to you, He's not speaking to your flesh because we are spirit people, right? When God tells us to do something, does He base it on what we can do? No. 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 He bases it on what we can believe Him for. Amen? He's telling our spirit, when He's talking to us, He's telling our spirit what we need to do. It's A lot of people say my heart, but you're... 
it's, they're not talking about your blood pump. It's your spirit man. It's what they're talking about. Uh, Paul says that with the heart. Man believes, but he's talking about our spirit man. It's not our physical heart. Let's go to Mark eleven twenty three. Kingdom living is where we want to get to. I'm going to read 22, 23, and 24. And Jesus answering saith unto them, just so we know who's talking here. What did he say? Have faith in God. Uh, just a small little statement, huh? But it, it's so profound. Amen. Have faith in God. Do you know how many people have trouble in that area? Because they can't see with their natural eyes God and they can't see with their natural eyes what's taking place in the spirit realm. But we can see in the natural the negative stuff. You know why the Bible tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus? So you don't see all that stuff in the natural realm. Because it will move you. It will move you. Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, because of this, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Uh, Verse 24 in the New Living Translation says, I will tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. I will tell you this. And if you believe it, it will be yours. Well, why would we not believe God? Either because we don't know him or we don't know his character. Now, I, the, the denomination I was raised in, I was taught, you know, um, God is just kind of waiting around for you to mess up so he can put some kind of sickness or something on you to just teach you a lesson. Uh, I, I remember one time when uh, we had a, not a Volkswagen, but the station wagon we had when you were in Rama, and somebody ran into the side of us. It was our only mode of transportation, and somebody ran into the side of it. And uh, I, we were going to Rama at the time, being taught the word every day. And I remember somebody saying, "Wow, wonder wonder what you did to make God mad, or something along those lines." And, and it kind of threw me for a, a loop, you know, like, do I, do I believe that anymore or do I not believe that anymore? 
because the circumstances and the situation they're looking at me could have moved me in that direction very easily. Could have made me think, well, you know, maybe, maybe we did do something and, and he's trying to get our attention. Get yourself away from that kind of thinking. Because we have been taught, we have a spirit man that hears from God. And if we will listen to him in our inner man, we don't, we don't do the, I got sick because I disobeyed him and didn't go do what he told me to do. There's a devil out there. If we're going to jump back and forth from that position all the time, how can we ever truly know who God is and what His character is? Because one minute He's punishing me by making me sick because I didn't do what He said. You know, next minute He's sending somebody to run over my car because I wasn't paying attention. How am I going to have a clear understanding of who he is and what he wants for me. Take all of those people (laughs) and just kind of push them away from you. Because there's still a lot of people that believe that way today. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you. But how many of you as parents in here um, tell your kids, come over here and put your hand in this door and I'm going to slam it on you because I want you to learn a lesson right now. No. What would happen if you did something like that? You'd be going to jail, wouldn't you? Yeah. I don't who they call it out here, DHS in Oklahoma would be knocking at your door. How many of you think God would teach his kids? that way a kingdom kid his very own the one that he loves and died for he's going to put cancer on me because I didn't do what he wanted me to do there is a devil who is not going to give up with just one try or two tries he's going to be there every day trying to convince you the things he's doing is God. We got to know. We got to be certain. We got to be just steadfast in our thinking, knowing that God is not the author of confusion or strife or any of the things that would cause us hurt or harm. And the Bible says it so plain. I mean... The devil, the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Hello. That's plain. And then I come that you might have life to the full till it overflows. Jesus said that. It's just as simple as that little statement. Have faith in God. But we come up with all these reasons why it didn't mean that. (laughs) Well, it don't literally mean you can have anything you want, does it? 
Think about it. What, what's the first thing, after you read something like that, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? Well, how come I'm not a millionaire? Because I want money. <laughs> well, I'll tell you how come you're not a millionaire. You don't tithe. Because <laughs> you got to start at the first and work your way up. God don't put you on top. He don't give you something that's going to cause you to stumble and fall. He's going to give you little things to see what he can trust you with. And the first thing in his word is give all your tithes to the storehouse, which is what? How much? 10%. And if you don't give your tithes that 10%, what did he call you? A robber. Because he said that's not even actually your money. You get possession of it, but only to honor him with it. Not for your benefit or pleasure, but for honoring God, giving him the 10%. I don't know where, I don't know why I'm on that, but anyway. When we answer God, sometimes we answer out of our flesh, not out of our spirit. And our, our flesh don't even know what we can do. Our flesh don't even know what we can do. And we'll come up with, well, you know, I was born with this disorder. Um, I'm trying to think of something like dyslexia. So I don't have the same advantage as everybody else that got born again because I'm already working with a handicap dyslexia. <laughs> um, wait, what'd I say? <laughs> uh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Jesus answer, answering saith, have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, unless you have dyslexia, that whosoever shall say, Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, unless you was born poor. <laughs> unless you have a genetic disorder that keeps you from. Do you know what? I was watching, I was watching, you know, how you get on Facebook and they do those. Uh, uh, who is that guy in England that does the, it's not the voice or something, but uh, American Idol stuff? Oh, yeah. Simon Cowell. Simon. Simon I was watching that. And this man, this woman brought her son. He was probably in his 20s or 30s. And looking at him, looking at him, you could tell. He had so many disabilities. He was blind, um, mentally when he would try to talk his voice would go high and low and you know and he would just kind of twitch and stuff and um so you know simon's compassionate to people like that <laughs> not all comp people but some people like that he was so he asked him he said what you're going to do and the boy said i'm gonna sing and all the singer all the people on the stage went oh and he's gonna play the piano too so all the people on the stage went you know they were getting ready. Yeah. 
And that boy sat down at that piano and he started playing and singing. And it was the most beautiful thing I have ever heard. I started crying. I said, God, you didn't, you didn't make a mess out of him, but you're using him and some most beautiful things it, that the piano playing was perfect. His tone, his pitch, everything was perfect. He had all kind of disorders, but he had a gift inside of him that God had put in him. And with all of his disabilities that the devil tried to put on him, he still could not take that gift. The gift God has put inside of you. If you will allow it, it will produce the results God intends for it to. His mother had to work with him a little bit more. He had to spend a little more time than anybody else doing anything. But that gift inside of him made a way for him. The gift inside of each and every one of us. There is not a person on this earth that God did not deposit something in. There's not a person on this earth that he said was too far gone or too far away not to have something from God. We just have to figure out how to allow it to work in us. We have to become his kingdom kids, knowing that no matter what comes, no matter who is saying what, how they're acting, what they're doing, God will make that gift come from you if you will allow him. And after he got up there and sang and played that piano, all of the, every one of those people were crying watching him because they saw the gift of God in him. They didn't recognize it as the gift of God, but it made an impact on their life. And if you will allow the gift of God to shine in you like that, it will make an impact on everybody's life. Everybody you come in contact with, everybody you're around, it will produce. The the Word of God produces. It produces in us. It produces in whatever He sends it to. The Bible says whatever we use His Word, it will prosper. What does prosper mean? Increase. It will increase us spiritually, physically, financially if we will allow that word that we hear to change and make deposits in us. Amen? Amen. Ever notice how when you get saved and you're a new Christian for a couple of weeks, everything's just wonderful and happy and... (laughs) Then you got to get to work. You got to get to work and figure out. Yeah. I need Kleenex. Figure out what the plan of God is for you. Yeah. I wish there was a spot in the Bible where it says, uh, maybe Ephesians two one says, Sally Edwards, go ye <laughs> and preach at Phoenix. 
move to, uh, oh, I got to tell you all about Ari. <laughs> Yesterday I was in the bedroom studying. I was sitting on the bed and she came in there and sat with me. So I was reading my notes. I was practicing on her. <clears throat> and she said, when are you going home? And I said, we're going home tomorrow. <laughs> and she said, why don't you just stay? <laughs> and I said, well, we got all this stuff, our house and all of our stuff is in Pawnee and we'll have to go back and take care of it. And she said, just go pack it up and bring it here. <laughs> so I asked them how much they paid her to say that. <laughs> It was pulling on them heartstrings pretty good. (laughs) But the things that God has put inside of you, you may not even recognize it right now. You may not even have a clue what it looks like. Get around people that recognize the anointing, recognize the things of God. And allow them to help you. Because I'm sure that boy's mother had to work with him hours and hours and hours. But that gift was up on that stage in front of the whole world to see. You know, when, when the doctors or the people say they're a vegetable, um, you might as well just let them go. Don't. There, God has a plan. God has a gift for them. <clears throat> and if we will just listen with our heart man, our spirit man, yes. he will help that gift come to fruition. Yes. And it will make a difference in people's lives. Yes. Because that's what the kingdom of God is all about. Yes. Bringing things in to the kingdom. It's about increase. Everything God wants is increase for each and every one of us. And if we'll listen, we will get it. I've done got off my notes so much now I don't even know where I am. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sure. Sure. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, um, at this time, if you would like, um, I got it wrote right here in my Bible. In uh, 619 of 08, Pastor Scott Webb laid hands on me and said that which I was lacking, talking about me, was being imparted to me that night. And from that night, there was definitely a difference in my life. There was a difference in how I walked, how I talked, how I looked at the things of God. And I, how I started ministering the things of God. So it wasn't that I never had that gift before. 
It was just that it had never been activated like that before. The Bible says, stirring up the gift that is within you by the laying on of hands. That's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to lay hands on people. And if you're needing to find out what your gift is, how to flow, then you just need to, after today, listen closely to the Holy Ghost. And if you, don't, if you can't figure it out yourself, ask Pastor. He, he can help you with your gift. Sometimes you can look at somebody and see the gift on them. Yeah. It's just real plain. We're in eighth grade. I had got an F in conduct in one of my classes. And when I got, when my mom got my report card, she told me, she said, you may not be smart enough to make A's, but you're smart enough to keep your mouth shut. But that you may not be smart enough plagued me my whole life. That's all I ever heard the rest of my life. I'm not smart enough to make A's. I'm, I quit school in the 11th grade. Um, I got my GED when I was 40-something. But from the time I got that GED until now, when I learned how to lean on that gift of God in me, we have businesses businesses and I'm going to tell you I didn't have the opportunity to go to a business school like y'all do here it was the gift that God had placed in me and me realizing that it was there and I could operate in it